Hi, thank you for listening to Trinity San Diego Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in with us, we want you to know that you are loved. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message will encourage you. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, you can partner with us to reach others by investing at trinitysandiego.org. Thanks once again. Now here's Pastor Todd. But we are starting a series called Clean Slate. Clean Slate. And um, that really just means that we all need a fresh start. And no matter what 2018 looked like for you, we all could use a fresh start, right? There are some things that happened in 2018 that I would like to forget. How about you? Yeah? So the title of my message this morning is Forget About It. Forget about it. Touch your neighbor and say, forget about it. Forget about it. I had Italian four times this week, so that's why I chose that topic. But yes, so if you have your Bibles, we're going to um, go off of the, the base scripture for this new uh, collection of talks is in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, and this scripture has gotten me through some dark times. And uh, it's really about what God is doing in the midst of dark times. He's doing things even when it feels dark, even when it doesn't make sense. He's still working. And so it says here in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, forget, forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He makes ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. When it feels desolate, when it feels dark, when you feel like you're in a valley season, he is moving and working even if you can't see it. And this is a verse that is pointing our attention to the newness of the season and how much we need to forget. Forget about it. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Now that's going to be what you take away this morning. Okay, but that's good. Okay, if that's the one thing you take away this morning, it's to forget about it. God says it. God says it in his word. And so we're going to be talking about forgiveness this morning. And the whole room goes quiet. (laughs) Once I say forget about it, everybody's happy. But then when I say forget about forgiving somebody, everybody's like, "Mm." yeah. And so we're going to dive into this topic this morning because I really believe that this topic is crucial for us to having the best 2019 that I think God wants to give us. The destiny that we are designed to walk in is directly connected to how much you are good at forgiving. Good. And it's quiet. <laughs> but I do want to say before I get into this message this morning that every single one of us in here needs forgiveness. Right. It's not just about us forgiving other people of what they have done to us. Every single one of us um, is broken, has made mistakes, continues to make mistakes, will continue to make mistakes, and therefore we need the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus and what he did on the cross. But the good news is, is that we serve a God that is so good and he's so loving and he's so gracious that he sent his one and only son to the cross because of us, because he wanted to be in relationship with us and he didn't want us to uh, get the punishment that we deserved. And so he sent his son to cancel our punishment. And because of his punishment or the punishment that was put on him that brought us peace, says that in the book of Isaiah, we are new. 
The old is gone and the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is a scripture you're going to want to write down and take with you today. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. And so what you need to know today, before I move into this message about forgiving others, is that you are fully forgiven when you repent. When you acknowledge that you are you have made mistakes and every single one of us have made them. When you acknowledge that there are some wrong thought patterns that you have, that you have allowed to stay in, uh, in your thought life for too long. When you acknowledge that that habit is not healthy for you anymore and you just say, God, I need your forgiveness. Yes. We have a God that comes in and says in an instant, the old is gone. The new has come. Amen. You can forget come about the former things. They do not define you. That's 2018 right. does not define you. Right. Did you know that? Any mistakes, anything that happened to you in 2018 does not define 2019. And so because of 2 Corinthians 5.17, the old has gone and the new has come. And we get to step into the best is yet to come. come hey. We say that a lot around here, but... Uh, I really believe it. Yeah. I believe it if we're, if we're willing to practice the principles that God has put in his scripture on how we live our best life. Right. Right. Are you with Amen. me? Amen. Yes. Come on. Amen. It's, okay, good. It's not super quiet in here, so that's good. You're kind of with me. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. But I think if we want to have a clean slate in 2019, we really have to grasp the concept of forgiving other people. But I think the reason why this concept is so hard is because we choose not to forget. You see, when God says, forget the former things, forget that offense, uh, we actually choose not to. Yeah. We decide to ruminate on wounds because the concept of forgiveness somehow seems like a swear word to us. Wow. Because we're like, if I forgive them for what they did, it, it makes it okay. Or if I forgive them for what they said about me or for what they did to me or how they betrayed me, I'm somehow, I'm somehow saying that it was okay for them to do that. That's actually the wrong thought pattern. It's wrong. Okay? So just take that out, right out of your head. Okay? Pain is inevitable in life. But if you are going to live with a clean slate and walk into 2019, the best year of your life, which I am claiming and believing over every single person in this room, you're going to have to choose to forget what happened. And so I was thinking about this, and I have um, a scripture. The scripture, Isaiah 43, 18, what is the same scripture, but I wanted to look at it in a different translation because I think that sometimes we can miss the context of what God is saying in his word. And I like to look up the root words of the, because the Bible is written in Hebrew and in Greek. And so I like to look up what the root words are of some of these English scriptures so that we get the true meaning of what God is saying in his word. And so in Isaiah 43, 18, same, same scripture, different version, it says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Do not remember. Same thing as forget, okay? But the root word here in Hebrew is actually remember, and that's the key word that I wanted to do a little word study on, and I found the most interesting information. The Hebrew word is zachach. Say that four times fast without spitting all over your neighbor. Zachach. That is the Hebrew root word for remember. 
And so I have some uh, of the definitions up here. It's to remember, to recall, to call to mind, to remind, to cause to be remembered, to mention, to record. Okay, so all of those seem pretty self-explanatory, right, when we're talking about the word remember. But the, the, the fifth one is the one that struck, that struck me so hard. And it says to make a memorial. When you are remembering something and rehearsing something on purpose, you are making a memorial out of it. Now, what is a memorial? When you go see a memorial, you know, of Dr. King or of, you know, some of the great presidents of the United States, when you go and you, you, you look at a memorial of something, a statue that has been erected, you can't see past it, first of all. It's, it's tall, it overshadows you, it's stone, so it's Im immovable. That's what a memorial is, and it's meant to stay stuck. Wow. Some of us have been allowing moments of pain to become memorials in our life, and therefore we cannot see past them. Unforgiveness will create a memorial in your mind where you cannot see your future anymore. You will not be able to get a clear vision for what 2019 holds for you if you keep memorializing the pain of your past. You will, it, and so when God says, do not remember the former things, he's saying, do not make a memorial to the things that have hurt you. And I am not minimalizing your pain this morning. I hope you know that but I'm trying to get you not to memorialize your pain. I will not minimize it because I have been through some rough stuff and I know every single person in this room has a story. And I am not naive to say that you've never been through anything, but what I want freedom for this church and for this community more than anything is to not be memorializing the things of the past because the memorials of the past will keep you from the momentum of the future that God wants to bring you into. 2019 has to be a good year, but you're going to have to listen to this. So I know I'm not popular right now, but in August of 2017, in, two, in August of 2017, there was a, um, some riots going on, and I don't know if you guys remember it, but the topic of racism was very much brought back to the surface in 2017. And so I, I was looking around on the internet because I wanted to find out about when memorials have actually been taken down, right? Because that's what, that's what this is about. When we're talking about memorials that are unhealthy that need to be taken down, I was looking on the internet and I saw, I came across this riot that was happening in August of 2017, and it was in Charlottesville, Virginia, I believe, where where the um, people in the South actually took down the memorial of General Robert E. Lee. Now, if you remember General Robert E. Lee from history class, he was a Confederate uh, general that led the Confederate armies and defended slavery, which is a very, very hard topic and a very sad topic um, and very sad part of American history. And so when all of this stuff kind of got brought up, these riots started happening and they tore down this memorial. Whether or not you agree with that, uh, I'm trying to make the point that certain things uh, that are painful in our life that we have erected memorials to need to be taken down because they're not part of our future. They're part of our past. And when God says, do not remember, do not make a memorial out of things that have happened in the past, sometimes we do that, but the good news is we can take it down. I also came across this really interesting, this really interesting 
picture of when, Amer when the Americans had taken down the statue of the British king, King George III. Interestingly enough, this happened five days after our Independence Day on July 9th of 1776. This picture, oh, you can't see it very well. Ooh, I don't know, can you guys see that? Okay, well you can Google it later. <laughs> don't do it now, we're paying attention now. But um, there's this picture of King George, who was the, the British king, uh, that was ruling over Americans, and we had just gotten our independence from British rule and British bondage. They had been, uh, if you know history at all, they had been religious, um, religious persecution for the Americans, and so we came to America. And so it's so interesting to me that five days after we declare our independence and our freedom from what was held, holding us in bondage, we take down the memorial of anything that resembles the past. Why? Because it has nothing to do with the future. It has nothing to do with your future. So when you are erecting memorials of your past, it is inhibiting your future. Can you imagine, do you think that we would have the great country that we have today if we would have kept the memorial of King George around, if we would have erected more memorials to him, reminding us of our past bondage? Would we be as great? as we are? I don't think so. I mean, maybe you can make a case if you're British. <laughs> the British are coming, the British are coming, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, I, I don't think so. And so what you need to know is that some of us are making memorials out of temporary moments that have nothing to do with the destiny and the future that God has for you. And where you have been in the past has no bearing on your future. Right. Some of you need to write that down. Where you have been in the past has no bearing on your future. So God says forget. And this is the interesting thing about forgetting is that human brains like have the ability to somehow we can move on without forgiving. Like we can be wounded in some way, shape, or form and, and we still have the ability to forget about it because we get hardened to it. But anytime any recollection of that memory or that person gets brought up, it's like, oh, I hate her. Oh, that guy, right? right, right. See, so you can forget without forgiving, but you cannot forgive without forgetting. Wow, that's good. I'm gonna say it again. You can forget without forgiving, but you can't forgive without forgetting. And I'm not talking about forgetting what happened as if it never did. What I'm talking about is forgetting uh, the bitterness and the resentment that goes along with unforgiveness, with not being able to forgive what happened because you are bound to that as long as you choose unforgiveness. And you might be saying to me, yeah, well, you don't know how bad it was. You, you weren't there. You weren't there when that woman betrayed me, those women talked about me behind my back. My coworker sold me out for the promotion. You weren't there, and you're right, I wasn't there. I wasn't. And I don't understand the depth of your pain. But like I said to you before, I'm not minimizing your pain. I just don't want you to memorialize it. I don't want you to erect a monument to pain because that will keep you from your destiny. You can't see past that. 
And every single one of us in here need to get a clear vision from 2019 if we're going to live our best life. If we're going to live the life that God designed for us and died to give us, we're going to have to get a clear picture and get the memorials out of our sight. And you do that through forgiveness. Wounded people wound people, but healed people heal people. And a lot of you have heard that before, but I thought it was important to put in there because it's so true. It's really so true. And I stand up here and I want to tell you that I am a, a wounded healer, I guess. I have been wounded deeply and I know what it's like to feel pain. And that's why I'm not minimalizing it, minim minimizing it this morning. But I do believe in the power of healing through the blood of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. I believe in the power of healing, and I believe that we're called to be wounded healers. And moving into 2019 can't do that without looking at forgiveness the way that Jesus talked about it. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Matthew 18, 21 through 22. It says, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. And whenever I read that verse, and I know that you guys probably feel the same way, you're just like, oh, that's a lot of times. <laughs> oh, there's like no limit, because basically after 490 times, I'm just going to forget about it, or we're going to die. So either way, whichever comes first. But I, to be honest, it's hard for me to ingest that scripture, and I'm sure it's hard for you, especially if you've been wounded repeatedly by the same person. Um, but... I think Jesus was a radical, yeah. and um, Jesus was a revolutionary, yeah. and Jesus was trying to make a point. He was trying to be. He was trying to talk about extravagant love because God's love was extravagant enough to send Him to the cross for us. That the forgiveness that we are to have and to expound and to give to other people needs to be that extravagant. It needs to be that extreme. Otherwise, we're going to keep ourselves bound in this place of unforgiveness. And what happens when you get in a place of unforgiveness is there's bitterness, there's resentment, there's depression usually that follows, there's anxiety. It leads to like emotional uh, illness. It leads to physical illness. I mean, so, so this is a health issue too. If you guys had health goals for 2019, this is actually really important for your health, your mental health, your physical health, your heart health, all of that. So I have three ideas that I just want to give, with, give to you about what I have learned about my own process of forgiveness. And I will be really authentic up here and say that I haven't got it all figured out. Um, I, I grapple with this topic a lot. Um, and I am not a perfect forgiver <laughs> yet. So I have some things that I um, am still working to forgive. Um, but here's what I know is that the scripture is true right. and that even though I might be hurting and um, have some things that should never have been done to me or said about me, um, I still believe that Jesus was right and that I should forgive because of my own health, right. because I think that he cares more about my heart than about the future of that person, the offender, whatever, right? Right. So number one, if you're writing this down, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to. Um, in terms of forgiveness, rehearsal without release will equal a victim. Wow. Rehearsal 
without release will equal a victim. So, honey, I would like my husband to come up here. Honey, he's the only person in the room that I would call that, although maybe some of you. Maybe I'd call you honey, honey buns. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I thought that the best way to do this was to tie him up. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> to illustrate this. <laughs> Stop. See, of course, I feel like every Sunday we can't get through it without some weird joke. Anyway, okay. we are married. It is healthy. Yes. Okay. Anywho, we're going to lose him. Rehearsal without release. Um, equals victim, and it keeps you bound. Unforgiveness will keep you bound to whatever hurt you. And so um, my husband actually is a really great man, and he's a man of integrity, and he, he's, he's learned how to be a really good forgiver. He's actually a much better forgiver than I am. So if you want to wrong him, do it. Or if you want to wrong one of us, he would be the one, because he's a good forgiver. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, he went through something really, really hard, and he was a, he was a high school football coach, and was a really good one. Uh, had really uh, two really good seasons, and then the third season was really rough for whatever reason, personnel change, and all of that. Uh, had a really, really bad season, and um, what was unfortunate was that the parents of those players uh, were very disgruntled and started to point the finger and blame Todd, started to come up with all kinds of reasons why Todd's coaching style and his approach was not right and just really kind of started to get together and go, you know, yep. And eventually they, uh, he lost his job uh, as a result of it. And I remember watching him walk through that process of um, being betrayed and backstabbed by all these parents. Parents that he'd known forever because he grew up there. And um, I remember watching him through that process and I remember him rehearsing what had happened because that's, what, that's what's normal, right? Human, humanity, human nature is to rehearse wounds, to figure out how did that even happen to me? How did that happen? How could they have done that, right? We rehearse it over and over again. But the problem is, is that if you don't release it after you've rehearsed it, you will stay bound to it. So this is what I mean. Um, I would like to illustrate that I am uh, tying myself up. I might, that might be too much here. But if I were the offender here, I'm the offender, I represent the offender. And Todd, in this case, represents the offended. And the rope is what is the connection. It's the offense, okay? So in this case, when Todd was uh, fired, uh, he was tempted to constantly rehearse what happened. So I can't believe that those parents uh, sent that email to the entire players list. I can't believe that my pastors of all people knew about this and didn't come to my defense. I can't believe that the parent that I've known the longest and the, the longest amount of time and I've loved his kid and mentored his kid allowed this to happen to me and actually agreed with all of the people and allowed my position to be taken away. Do you see what happens while I'm rehearsing this for him? If this was him rehearsing it, all he's doing now is keeping himself bound He's bound to the problem. He's bound to the resentment. He's bound to those people that did it to him. Because all he's doing is rehearsing. 
But once you decide to, if you can rehearse, I'm not saying you can't rehearse it because it's human nature to do it. But once you rehearse, you've got to release. You've got to release. Because ultimately, you are not going, you're going to stay bound to whatever it is or whoever it is that hurts you if you keep rehearsing it and rehearsing it and rehearsing it without releasing it to God. When I say release, sometimes that's a, a, a concept that's hard. Thank you, babe. Thank you, babe. Can you give him a hand? Didn't he do great? If you don't understand how to release those things to God after you've rehearsed it, when you say, okay, this really hurt God. When he said that about me, and it wasn't true, and then I lost my job, but I'm going to trust that you are my vindicator. I'm going to trust that the, what the Bible says is that justice comes when we trust you and when we don't take our own vindication into our own hands. And I'm going to trust that what you said was true. I need to forgive them, and I need to release their judgment to you and into your hands. That's what release looks like. If you haven't seen it, Go practice it. Right. If you keep rehearsing the things that have been done to you, you're never going to move on. So you need to start releasing what has happened to you or you will become a victim in your own life right. and you will be bound and stuck to those people. Right. Right. Ugh. Yeah. We don't want that. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Right. Nobody wants to be stuck to the, to the people that have wounded them. Right. That's cool. not normal. Yeah. Number two. Uh, when we think of forgiveness, it it's needs to be thought of as opportunity over optional, okay? I think a lot of followers of Jesus tend to think that um, forgiveness is optional, or it's required for the minor offenses, but not for the big ones. We think that, that we can decide um, who deserves our forgiveness and who doesn't, or what offense deserves our forgiveness and what doesn't. And unfortunately, there is a scripture that really kind of puts that into perspective for us, the framework of whether or not it's an opportunity versus optional. In Matthew 6, 14 through 15, it says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your, your father will not forgive your sins. So that kind of takes out the whole optional thing, right? Right? Yeah. I mean, that puts it into perspective, okay? I'm trying to give us all a good perspective before we move into this next new year because none of us want to be sitting at the pearly gates right here with unforgiveness in our hearts, right? That's kind of scary, okay? But here's what God does, um, and here's how you, you need to watch for forgiveness being an opportunity for you, because what I have seen in my own life is that um, once I pray for something, like once, if we're going to start take, tearing down the memorials of pain and hurt in our life, and we're going to start moving towards forgiveness, we're going to start moving towards health and healing, um, we start praying for that. And so this last year, I'll, I'll illustrate this, this last year um, in 2018, I started hanging around some pretty generous people. And so I started to pray, I want to be more generous in my giving. Like I want to, I want to be able to give more to God's work and I have an income cap. <laughs> and so I'm like, Lord, here we go. Can we fix this cap here? I was like, God, I want to be more generous. I really want to give more to your church. I want to give more to your work. And I don't know how to do that. I'm around these generous people and I see how they're thriving in their life and they, they, a trip attribute it or accredit it to uh, being generous. And so um, 
right after I started praying about that, this business opportunity for me last year started coming up. But I kept ignoring it. Like it came up and it came up and it came up. Every time I would pray to be generous, this thing would pop up and I would push it aside because here's what I did. I determined the outcome uh, before I realized there was opportunity. And so my outcome was when I was praying to be more generous was, okay, so you're going to line my bank account with a couple thousand more dollars a month, right? See, when we start praying for something, then we start determining what it should look like and how God should give it to us. And unfortunately, (laughs) forgiveness is not an option. Right. Okay, but God will give you the opportunity to forgive. He will put something in front of you. So when I started praying to be more generous, this business opportunity kept coming up and I just ignored it because I thought that I knew what the outcome was going to be. But then finally I woke up after the fourth or fifth time that God was trying to get my attention with it. I was like, oh, oh, so you want me to step into the opportunity to make more money so that I can be more generous. You see, he was giving me, he was making a way. You see, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He was making a way. It's just, I didn't see it that way. When God, when you ask God to be more patient, don't be surprised when your kids act up worse because he's going to give you the opportunity to be more patient. When you start getting into a place of healing in your life and stop memorializing the pain of 2018 and start to say, God, I'm going to start forgiving, don't be surprised when that offender shows up in your newsfeed, at your door, on the phone, whatever, because he's going to give you the opportunity to forgive. He's going to give you the opportunity to get healing, to step into health. Because he's not going to let you stay that way. But I want, I want you to know, too, that, that those moments where God gives you the opportunity to forgive that person, those are hard moments to overcome and to follow through with it. And so if you get into a place privately, if you need help and, and, and prayer through that moment, I want you to call me. You can get my number. I'll give you my number, but if you really want to walk into 2019 whole and healthy, you're going to have to start seeing these things as uh, opportunities versus optional, okay? Number three, um, worship team, you can come up and join me now. Healed versus hardened. Forgiveness gives us the opportunity to be healed versus hardened. Do you know what I mean by that? When my husband just first started working out, you know, he mentioned he works out all the time, and he does. He works out six days a week, so he is committed. And um, when he first started working out, uh, you know, when you grip the weight bar, uh, it, it causes some pain and open wounds on your hands right here. What's this called? Cap- no, 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 no. Where's this, this part of your hand? Palms. <laughs> Got it. Um, so you grip it, and every time you grip the weight, it, it rips open, right? Causes wounds. And it's painful, and it hurts, but if you keep doing it, you develop what do they call little calluses, okay? Little calluses are hardened pieces of skin that no longer have any feeling in them. You can't feel anything in the callus because it's hardened. When I was dating him, he took me to a driving range once, and I have not ever been back. Uh, That was like 17 years ago. But 
I, he took me to a driving range and um, I was hitting golf balls and I got a callus like right here on this side of my thumb. Uh, not a callus, I'm sorry, a wound. It was an open wound and almost like a blister. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never doing this again with you. Why would you do this? Why would you take me on a date and hurt me? It doesn't make sense. And so I was, uh, I was like, okay, I'm never going to do that again. And so after a few days, I let it heal. And I still have feeling in that area of my thumb. But my husband has not let his wounds heal, and so he's got calluses, and so he can't feel anything. And I think sometimes we don't allow ourselves to heal. We just get hard. We can allow pain to be inflicted onto us, and then we internalize it, and then we inject it onto other people. And when we allow our hearts to become hard through unforgiveness and bitterness... When we say, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to choose not to forget what they did to me, your heart becomes hard. And it may feel like you're healed. You see, that's the deceptive part of it, right. is that you're able to move on with your life. You're able to still hold, hold down your job. You're, you're able to have new relationships. You're able to have new experiences. But every time something comes up that reminds you of that offense or reminds you of that person, we're, we're back into this ugly cycle. And we realize that we're really not healed, we're just maybe hardened in that area. Many of you have heard the story of when I was um, going through this, own, my, this situation in my heart, when I was uh, back in Washington, I was on staff with a few people that really, really hurt my heart. <laughs> and uh, betrayed me, um, would talk about me and uh, behind my back and would uh, purposely try to leave me, like exclude me from, you know, different projects or whatever. And I made a choice. I made a choice not to forget that after a while because I was so hurt. I was so broken by it and it kept hurting me. And so sometimes when things keep hurting us, we choose, we choose not to forget and we choose to focus on the resentment. We focus on the wound. We focus on the offense because somehow if we focus on it, it, it keeps all of those painful feelings out. You can become hardened. And that's what happened is that I had become hardened against the pain of that moment. So I didn't feel any pain, but I also didn't feel anything good because I lost all the feeling in that area when I chose to be hardened rather than healed. And so I, I began walking around every day with this chip on my shoulder and this cloud over my head. And I was like sullen and depressed and nobody could get through to me. I was so angry and so bitter at those two people. And um, I was working one day on a project and a man came in that I had never seen before. Some of you might remember this story, but he was a man from Chihuahua, Mexico, and he had apparently joined the custodial staff where I was working. And again, like I said, I, I, I'd never seen him before, but he was assigned to help me on my project. And I was making small talk with him and talking with him back and forth about my kids or you know my life or whatever was going on, what we were working on. And... Um, I was so broken. I, I remember just trying to get through the conversation because I was so weighed down with my own darkness, my own 
sadness. And um, I remember him looking right at me in the middle of a comment and he just stopped. He was like mid-sentence and he just stopped. His English was a little broken and he was like, he was like, wait. And I was like, what? And he was like, you know, sometimes I hear from the Lord. Sometimes God gives me visions. And he got very serious and he looked right at me. And it was like, as clear as day, like it was as if God himself was speaking to me. And he said, what you have gone through and what you have experienced is not to define you anymore. There is a beauty inside of you that God knows, God knows and he sees what happened. But you are holding this beauty inside like an oyster that is clammed up shut. And there is something in you that God needs the world to see. But because of your bitterness and because of your unforgiveness and resentment, nobody can see that. You're closed up so tight. And he wants to release you today from what that is. And in a moment, in a moment like that, it was like I was healed. I was healed. Because God sent this man who I had never seen before from Chihuahua, Mexico, never heard of the place before, as like an angel that knew that I needed to be set free by being healed in an area of unforgiveness, of a memorial that I had chosen to erect in my own heart. If you would stand today, I just want to pray for some people in here this morning that might feel like, you know, I've got some unforgiveness. And if we're holding on to wounds going into 2019, we are bound to repeat the same mistakes.